0: Praise the Lord and welcome to our 30-minute podcast The Elephant in the Room with Bishop Michael Bellamy Our podcasts will cover a variety of topics that are often overlooked, misunderstood, or even controversial from a biblical perspective we're blessed to have a team of wonderful producers who want to make each podcast something that will be enjoyable and informative. In today's episode, I will talk about the five love languages and the importance of authentic love in relationships. Today's podcast was produced by Chardonnay Mohammed. I'll be right back with today's episode. Today's podcast is on the five love languages. I have no intentions of doing a review of Gary Chadman's 1992 New York Times bestselling book. The fact it has sold over 20 million copies and been translated into 50 languages speaks for itself and its success. Let's start with something very basic. What is the definition of language and why do we need it? The Random House Word Menu defines language as a system using the combination of vocal sounds, written symbols, or gestures with accepted meanings to express thoughts and feelings common to one people of specific region or culture. Why do we need language? We need language to communicate or express our thoughts, feelings, and emotions. We can do this through verbal, nonverbal, and written communication. Language helps us to preserve our culture and share our ideas. That makes me think of the people of the biblical Tower of Babel. They were a thriving community that became so focused and unified, the Almighty took note of their success. In Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9, the King James Version reads like this, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, Let us make brick and burn them thoroughly." They had brick for stone, and slime they had for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach into heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men builded, And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. They have all one language, and this they began to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. The Babel story shows the power of people who speak the same language, people who have the ability to understand one another's words, body language, work together, plan, strategize, organize, and then execute can accomplish great things. The Creator saw how powerful language is. It is a uniting force that can be unstoppable. He gave them language and they used it as a tool to build community and be inseparable. The strength of their unity was so great that God was forced to cause confusion. By creating a language barrier, I'm sure you've heard the saying, where there is unity, there is strength. They were strong, very strong. The language barrier created by God broke their unity and cohesiveness when he confused their language. The people were no longer one. This makes me think of another Bible verse that says, In marriage, the man and woman become one, and what God has joined together, let no man break apart. That is one of the mysteries of marriage. They become one without knowing or understanding one another's language. It's not a requirement for marriage. Think about that for a minute. But it is needed to learn and develop clarity and communication, to have a passionate and harmonious marriage. Let's go back to the Babel story. God purposefully brought confusion to a community that was successfully growing, developing, and harmonious in their energy and efforts. Why? Why? because they were using their language and unity to disobey his command to populate the whole earth. Families separate when they no longer speak the same languages. Marriages end in divorce when authentic love is in a vacuum. Friendships become strained when friends are not able to understand one another. Language helps us to shape healthy relationships. Why is divorce rate varying between 40 to 50 percent in the U.S.? A recent report states the average length of a marriage in the U.S. is 8.2 years. According to Dr. Gary Chapman, second and third marriages are not doing so great either. The divorce rate for second marriages is 67 percent, and third marriages are 75 percent. Sounds like babble. This isn't just a language problem. It's an authentic love value and heart problem. Before we can speak of the art of love languages, we need to address love. I do not believe we can or even have the desire to learn the language of someone we don't love. It is not that we do not know the language. We won't communicate in that language when the relationship has grown cold or, God forbid, there is contempt. In a recent Bible class, I described what Dr. John Gottman described as one of the four horsemen in a marriage, contempt. According to his research, when contempt is in a marriage, it is pretty much over. One of our members said, I was describing the marriage of her daughter and son-in-law. Now, I would like to know the possibility of, of that couple having a civil conversation about who is not speaking in the other person's love language, if love is not even the foundation of the marriage. Here's what I'm saying. Authentic love must be foundational in a relationship to express the emotions of love language in words, thoughts, feelings, or actions. Over my 16 years as a pastor, I have advised many married couples, some individually, and at other times, both parties. When a marriage is heading toward divorce, and the person is asking for advice, the question I always ask is, do you love him or do you love her? If the answer is an unequivocal yes, I recommend that the person not take the first train to divorce court. Love is so powerful it forgives bad language. Now, I am guilty of using a lot of bad love language Over the 42 years Marie and I have been married, don't judge me. It hasn't because I intentionally wanted to hurt her. Sometimes I just needed to be more thoughtful and understanding of how much things that I say or do mean to her. I will say here and now, Marie is not a word person. She wants action. Have you ever heard the saying, put up or shut up? Well, I think you got it. When genuine love is foundational, bad language is not a deal breaker. When there are values, ideals, and principles in a relatively healthy relationship, we forgive bad language. I didn't say we overlook or ignore it. We see it. We know it and it may emotionally and psychologically affect us, but we forgive. I will get to the five love languages, but before I do, let's consider the love of God and Christ for us. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5, verse number 8, But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were sinners. We didn't know how much God loves us. Neither could we speak his love language. Let me say that again. We were sinners. We didn't know how much God loves us. Neither could we speak his love language. He used his language of love and giving to communicate to us who had bad language, how much he loves us. John 3.16 reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There was a language barrier between us and God. We were sinners who had no idea of how to communicate with a holy God, but that did not stop him from loving us and giving us his very best. Do you see where I'm going with this? In our previous podcast, I talked about how to love God's way. When we love God's way, we don't allow language barriers or bad language to stop us from loving. Relationships should not end because one of the parties doesn't speak their love language. May I remind you again, we did not speak God's language and it did not stop him from loving us. We overcome barriers by loving and giving. That is God's love language. That is the way God loves. Relationships do not fail or thrive because of the absence of love language. They fail because of the absence of love. According to Gary Chapman, couples don't just want to be loved, They want to feel loved. Feeling loved is a room filled with emotions where the furniture can be rearranged at any given time. We can't just look into the room. We have to enter the room, feel the ambiance, and be prepared to have a seat and stay a while. We can't love and not have feelings, raw emotions, and needs we desire to have met. Chuck is a hard-working husband. In fact, he is a workaholic. He is an excellent provider for his family. He purchased a beautiful home, furnished it to make it comfortable for his family. There is little to nothing his wife or children need he does not give them. One day, Chuck returned home from a long, hard day of work to find his wife, Teresa, sitting in the family room crying. Chuck was confused. When he left home early that morning, she appeared to be fine. They had not talked since he left home, so he thought, perhaps something has happened that he wasn't aware of. Chuck stood at the door and asked, what's going on? Then he walked away. He went to the garage and started working on a car he's rebuilding. Later that night, Chuck heard Teresa sobbing uncontrollably in the bathroom. He climbed out of the bed and went to the bathroom door. Teresa, what's going on with you? I'm trying to sleep. It's 2 a.m. and I only have a few more hours to rest. What's going on? She opened the door to the dark bathroom and said, I don't feel loved in this house. Chuck was in shock. You what? He asked. I don't feel loved, she replied. What do you mean you don't feel loved? I bought you a $350,000 home. I spent $55,000 furnishing it. I paid your car off and we vacationed in Cancun a few months ago. How could you not feel loved? That is when Teresa broke down. You don't get it, Chuck. You just don't get it. Get what? Get what, Teresa? You don't spend time with me. You don't talk to me. I feel lonely. Chuck is a good man, but he had a major problem and an unhappy and lonely wife. The house, car, clothes, furniture, and vacations were nice, and I'm sure she appreciated them all. But what she wanted most was missing. Chuck didn't understand her love tank was empty. This is Bishop Michael Bellamy. I hope you're enjoying our podcast and will subscribe to our Facebook page. You will find our weekly 30-minute podcast on many of your favorite platforms. Please tell your family and friends to listen as well. I get Teresa. Her feelings make sense. There have been many occasions when I made decisions to buy something, do something, or go somewhere without first discussing it with Marie. Afterwards, I informed her and she said, you didn't ask me what I wanted. I'm getting better at that by making a conscious effort to ask her, what does she want? Now, back to Chuck. It's as if he detailed Teresa's car, changed the oil, rotated the tires, then returned the car to her on an empty gas tank. The car looked great, but she wouldn't be able to drive far. Teresa wanted quality time with Chuck. That was her love language. Remember, our love language is tethered to our emotions, how we feel. If the person you love feels empty, that feeling needs to be addressed. I remember reading a book on emotions that stated feelings are not always facts. It's hard to dismiss feelings of someone you love. For them, their feelings are their reality and that's a fact. The fact that we love does not excuse us from staying in touch with the other person's feelings. Would you drive a car on a road trip with one eighth of a tank of gas? It would be ridiculous to say, I don't care how much gas is in the tank and then take to the highway. Well, it's just as ridiculous to think we can remain in long-term relationships with people and not keep a full love take and refuel there. I have tried to avoid saying this, but here it is. What's love got to do with it? Everything. If you love someone, you may want to know as much about them as possible. You want to take them apart like a Timex watch and see what makes them tick. I have heard people say he or she needs to get over it or... That's the way I am, and I'm not changing. There is a serious language barrier in those relationships. Some people love hard and expect the same level of passion to be returned. We all operate at different levels of love and forces of passion. The fact that we are different is an alert to not expect others to be exactly like we are. I think we want different, but in a lovable and likable way. We don't want the bad language or no language type of different. Victor and Wendy have been dating for a year. They've talked about marriage, but Wendy is very critical and sometimes judgmental of him. Victor is concerned because Wendy doesn't say nice things about him privately or publicly. He buys her gifts and goes out of his way to make her happy on special occasions. She quickly puts the gifts away without expressing appreciation or gratitude. When they're out for dinner, she spends most of the time looking at her cell phone. She doesn't compliment him on his attire or the new cologne he has on. He spent $170 for their dinner and she never said thanks. There are many things that Victor likes about Wendy and he wants to marry her, but he feels like she's on another planet. Victor needs words of affirmation. He wants her to appreciate his kindness. Someone may ask if he is doing these things from his heart, and he loves her, why does she need to respond with words of kindness about his thoughtfulness? I'll tell you why. Because kind words refuel his love tank. Victor's love tank is running low and maybe almost empty. Wendy may feel she doesn't need to affirm him because he knows she loves him and appreciates him. Friends, language counts. Words are important to some people. It doesn't matter if she thinks it's not necessary or not. What does he need to refuel? I want to quote a Bible verse that I think encourages us to learn to speak the language of the people we love. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 4, the easy word version reads like this. Don't be interested only in your own life, but care about the lives of others too. When we stop caring about others, we distance ourselves from them. There is a language problem, maybe an empty, rusted love tank that needs to be repaired. I owned a car that had a pinhole leak in the gas tank. I went to the auto parts store and bought a kit with fiberglass and epoxy to repair it. It held up for a while, but eventually I had to replace the tank. I didn't junk the car because of the leaking tank. I repaired, then replaced the tank. I wonder, I wonder how many marriages, friendships, relationships, could have been saved if someone had not decided to junk the car, if someone had not decided to junk the relationship. Things may may have turned out differently if someone understood the importance of what is needed to maintain a healthy relationship. Things may have gotten better if someone was willing to learn the other person's love language. The fires of friendship and passion could have been rekindled with a small repair or by replacing old mindsets. We can all do better by paying attention to what's happening in the room of emotions and feelings. It would be helpful if we knew when the person we love, husband, wife, child, or friend, is feeling down emotionally and then proactively refuel their love tank. Occasionally, Marie and I will drive our cars together on a short road trip. I may go to a BP, mobile, or Love's truck stop. Marie prefers Shell for her SUV. She doesn't like mixing gases from a variety of gas stations, so... She chooses to purchase her gas in town at the local Shell. It doesn't matter to me, but it's important to her. And if Shell is what she wants in the tank of her SUV, Shell it is. Take time to learn, to discover, to explore what keeps the people you love on a full tank. I know a full tank of gas in my car will give me about 375 miles. Do you know when it's time to give words of affirmation or when it's time to get away and spend quality time with family or friends? A full tank of gas on a road trip allows me to set the cruise control and not worry about fuel. When we and the people we love appreciate one another's love language, speak it fluently and passionately, it makes for a good, relaxing road trip. Well, friends, that's all the time we have for today's podcast. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode. Friends, it's Black History Month, and our team of producers and I are celebrating by sharing some wonderful poems with you at the end of our podcast this month. I'm excited to have Chardonnay Muhammad, one of our producers, with me. Hello, Chardonnay. Hi. How are you? I'm doing exceptionally well, and um, super excited. To uh, have you with us again so that we can hear another lovely poem of your choice as we're celebrating Black History Month. Uh, what poem do you have for us today? Today I'll be reading on being brought from Africa to America. Twas mercy brought me from my pagan land. Taught my benighted soul to understand that there is a God, that there's a savior too, once I redemption neither sought nor knew. Some of you are sable race with scornful eye, their color is a diabolic dye. Remember, Christians, negroes, black as king, may be refined and joined our angelic train. One. Being brought from Africa to America by Phyllis Wheatley. Wow, you have the best in 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 selections of poems. Thank you so much for sharing, Chardonnay. And it's um, just too bad we only have a another week to do this. We could probably do this for the rest of the year. <laughs> 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 I know that's a lot to ask for. <laughs> well, God bless. <laughs> you be safe and uh, and stay healthy, okay? Until next week. Take care.